Let me pray for us. Father, we, we thank you. We thank you that your goodness and your provision and your mercy and your grace and your, your, your holiness, your very character has been revealed to us through your word, Lord, that we can, we can know you because you have, have revealed yourself. We can know you because you have given us your word. And so, Father, we, we thank you that, that we can um, experience you, Lord, as we, we, we study your word together as we desire to do in this class. And at the same time, we, we realize that, that, that we're not meant to do that just alone, Lord, that, that we are not just individuals with relationships with you, but you've called us into uh, your community, your people, your church. And so, Father, we pray that you would help us to, to learn what you would say about that and, 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 and each and every one of us to know how do, we, how do we live that out more fully? How do we excel still more in our love for one another? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we've been talking about the church and, and our unit is particularly important when we started with what is the church, right? It's not a place, it's a people, right? I, I was even talking to, to Isaac about that. He saw a picture in the workroom as we were, uh, he's helping me do some work this week of um, uh, the, the, the picture of you guys saw, I mean, what, uh, early on when the you know, first year, first couple of years of the church, picture of the people of the church. He's like, well, where is that? <laughs> And I'm like, I don't know, it's a different building, but that's, that's Oakhurst EV Free Church. He's like, but that's not the same place. I'm like, but the, building, it, the church isn't the place. If we stop meeting in this place, but we gathered and we worshiped God somewhere else, would we still be Oakhurst EV Free Church? He's like, yeah. I'm like, see, it's not about the place. It's the people. It's the, and it's not just any people, right? It's the assembled people. It's us assembled together as a... Uh, Listening to Dr. Moeller and talking to this podcast where there's a, a person who got burnt out from a uh, kind of a mega church and he started uh, I think something called like VR church, right? Where people can go online for virtual reality church where they actually don't have to get together with other people, but they can still be part of the church. And, and Dr. Moeller was right and saying, that's not church. You can call it a church, but if you're not assembled, if you're not actually assembled together and your lives are connected with other people, it's, 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 it may have the label church, but it's not really church biblically. And so, so it's, a, it's assembled people. And, and, and we talked, um, we started talking about who are these people that, that assemble together? What does, what does it look like to be a church together? And we, we, we started talking about this idea of what what really is under the umbrella, what I'm putting under the umbrella of church membership. You know, people think of church membership, it's a class, it's a formality and this and that. But it's really, we, we, we use that word to describe what is it, what does it look like in our life together, right? What does it look like in, in our committed life to one another together? Um, and in fact, Jalea had, had a really good um, comment last week and I've been, I've been, I was wrestling with it this week because the word I always used is a formal commitment, right? That, that, that I know that I'm committed to Ron and Ron's committed to me. There's not, there's not a question about that. Do I, are we really part of the same church or am I here? Am I not here? How, how do we know if there's really this, this commitment to one another? And, and, I, and I, I use the word formal and she mentioned that, that from other contexts, particularly Asian contexts, formal means impersonal. And that's not, the, that's not what I... I want, to, I want to do, right? I don't want to emphasize that. I want to emphasize that there is a common shared understanding that we are committed to one another as, as part of the same church, that we're not part of the same church just because we show up at the same place, right? And then so, so okay, I guess I see Ron sometimes, so I guess I'm, you know, we're kind of part of the same church, but there's no real commitment we've made to one another. But there's, there is this, this commitment. And, and I was thinking through, I'm going, what, 
What's the word, right? What is the word that, that we would use for that that's better than formal? And so they r- r- racked my brain. <laughs> and I thought through, particularly historically, historically, the, the, the word that I would say that is, was used for that sort of relationship was covenant. was covenant. It's this covenant relationship. It's this covenant commitment. It, it is, covenant's better than formal, Right? Covenant includes some sort of shared understanding, right? I, I'm committing my life to you and you're committing my life, your life to me as, as long as we are part of this, this church together, right? Um, that, that it's not just that, that, that you're part of the church because I guess I see you every once in a while, but there's, there's a shared life there. But it's more than just a formality. There, there's a relationship that, that, that's formed there. And, and so historically, um, historically, churches have used the, the term covenant, and, and, and you look at it, it particularly, um, I mean, both, both of the Baptistic tradition and Presbyterian tradition, other, they, they, there's, there's historically had a church covenant. We, we have one here. And that what does it look like when we do life together, right? What does it look like to do life together? When we, we're, what are we committing to one another? We're not part of this church just because we signed our name on some document. We're part of the church because we've committed our lives to one another, that as long as the Lord has us here, that we are, are, are living in community with one another. So, so I, I, I want to use that term more covenant commitment than formal commitment. And I think that as I've been racking my brain, I think that, that there might be even a better term than that, but historically that's the term the church has used, and I think that's a good term. Um, and and so, so what does it look like then as we as we function in that way? What does this covenant commitment look like together? And, and, and our church would call that church membership. You can you know, call it different things, but that's, that's what we would call it. Um, and, 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 and as we look through that, that there's, we look through the New Testament, we, and, and we can look at it both ways. One is that there's examples of, and really what this looks like is that we live it out together. And the, on the other hand, you can look at it and saying, there are the pictures and, and, and even commands for the Christian life of how we're to live out the Christian life that are not possible to do alone. You cannot live out the Christian life as the New Testament describes it if you do not have really a committed covenant relationship with other believers in the local church. If we ask the question, how do we follow Jesus and live out the Christian life? Part of that's only possible when you share your life in relationship, in a, co- in, in a commitment relationship with other believers. The I cannot follow and obey Jesus fully without a co- commitment to the we. That's how the New Testament describes the, 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 the Christian life. So let's look at this. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of titling it the biblical necessity of church membership, the biblical necessity of having this commitment to the local church, to, to not just a, to a church organization, not just to, to the church in general, but to real flesh and blood people. That Ron knows I'm committed to him and he's committed to me. That as long as we are part of this church together, I, I hope you don't mind me picking on you, because I'm committed to you. Um, <laughs> but but we, that we, 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 there's real flesh and blood people, not just, you know, I, I, Christians in general. I love Christians. Well, which actual Christians do you, have you committed your life to love? Right? And that's, that's the idea here. So, so let's look at First Hebrews 10. Now, I, I don't think there's much exegetically. I don't think there's much... Um, in the passage we're looking at that's going to be necessarily uh, mind-boggling and you've never considered it from the scripture, but as we just think through this, meditate on this, think through how do we live this out together, that's what I want to do, is we have a need for one another. So as we consider that, that, that very popularly cited verse about do not neglect to meet one another, right? We always want to put things in context. 
We want to always want to put those verses in context. And so we want to look at the context. We want to back up from Hebrews 10.24 of that, um, consider how to stir up one another and, and not neglect, and think, what is the context that this is placed in? And so we're going to back up all the way uh, to verse 19, and actually 19 would tell us to back up even farther, but we'll start in verse 19, where verse 19 starts saying, therefore, brothers, well, that right there tells us we haven't backed up far enough, right? But just to sum it up, it really would look all the way back um, back to that, that, that whole chapter 10, that whole previous section. And that chapter 10 is talking about the, the work of Christ, what Christ has done for us. That's, that's important. That's good, right? So here's what Christ has done for us. Here's what his sacrifice means for us. Here's the sufficiency of his sacrifice for us. Therefore, in light of who Christ is and what he's done, therefore, verse 19, brothers, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence because of what Christ has done, to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, you see the since language, since, 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 because this is true, because this is true, because this is true, we all agree this is true. It, it switches from a since language, right? Since we know this is true, verses 19, 20, 21, that the verb changes, right? What's verse 20, 22? That's no longer a since we know this is true. Let us. You could almost say, because of this, we must do this. Because of this, therefore, you could put it. He doesn't say therefore, but there's a therefore. Therefore, the inference is, the, 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 the uh, implication is, here's how, we, how should we live. If we believe that this is true, if we believe that this is what Christ has done for us, if that means something to us, then... Let us, and again, and, and the biblical language in Greek, there, there's, there's no way, this is, not a, um, this is not a suggestion, right? This is not a gale. If you really want, let's do this, right? It's not a suggestion. There's, there's no other way, that, in, in English, there is no such thing as a, a um, uh, first, first person plural command, right? How do you, how do you I, could say, I could say, Corey, you do this. Do this, right? How do we say that for a first-person plural? Our, our, English doesn't really have the language for that, right? Um, but Greek does. And so what, Greek, what he's saying is, when it's saying let us, it's saying this is a command for us. That because Christ has done this, here is what our lives must look like. Let us draw near, verse 22 says, with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So, so because of that, that we are, we, our posture towards Christ and, and holiness has changed. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promises faithful. So because of what Christ has done, what does that mean for us? That means that we need to hold fast to, to that truth, that confession that we have. And then, note, and then verse 24, this is the context of verse 24. Therefore, you could almost say, therefore, you know, verse 20, uh, you can all say, therefore, let us, verse 22, draw near. Verse 23, therefore, let us hold fast. Verse 24, therefore, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet one another together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And here's my, here's my point. Verse, so because, <clears throat> because of what Christ has done, because of who he is, what he's done, that his sacrifice means something. There are part, certain parts of that, that that you can live that out, the implication of that by yourself, right? Verse 22, that let us draw near with a, true, with, a, with a pure heart, right? That's something for you and I to do in our individual lives before God. 
Verse 23, hold fast to the confession of our hope. Now, we, we do need other people, but it, that, that's something you could say, I need to hold fast to this truth. But when we get to verse 24, that's no longer something I can do by myself, right? That, that we're now talking about not just me, not just you and I collectively and as individuals, but now there's a one another element. We cannot live out the implication of Christ's sacrifice in verse 24 without one another. Without being together is one another. And so, and, and there's that, 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 that famous passage that we just read there. And so, and, and as I've asked before, how do they know that some are neglecting, right? That, that, that's, that's what he says. He's not saying, and let us not neglect one another. Well, he's saying, and, not, and neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. How does he know? How does the author of Hebrews know this? How do they, in other words, how do they know that there are people neglecting to go to church? And that, how do they know that they were supposed to be there? Maybe they just, you know, how, how do they know they were supposed to be there or not, right? That's, that's the question, that's the idea. They were, they would be able, for him to be able to say this verse, it means for them to be able to say, the author of Hebrews, to say, I know Ralph's supposed to be in church. I know that Ralph's not just someone who can come and go as he pleases. And, you know, that, that, that I hope he's at church somewhere this morning, Right? Or in last week and the week before. I mean, there's a, there's a, as a pattern. It's not just missing one Sunday, but there's a pattern, right? I hope that Ralph is somewhere. But there, there's, there's an idea that we know that Ralph is, is, is in this commitment to be here, and he's not here. There's, there's some sort of, of a way that the, that the only way the, Hebrews, the author of Hebrews could write this is if the church knew who was part of that covenant commitment and not. That I, we've committed to Ralph, and Ralph's committed to us. We know that this is the people he's committed to, and, 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 and this is the visible part of the church that he is committed to, right? And so that's the only way to make, to make that known is that, is that there's, there's that sort of commitment. And so, and then, and then also then living out that commitment by gathering together. Um, let me see. And it's, it is amazing. One other thing, just, just, just thinking through, just meditating on this verse. Who is this written to? Who, who's the, who, who, Who's noticing that this is that these people are, are absent? The body. the body. This is not just the pastor's job. This is not just the elder's job. Right? This is an idea that we understand who's part of the church. And that, that we would we would care for each other and have a commitment to one another to to to, to stir one another up, to, to be in relationship with one another, and, and not just saying, well, you know what? I, I hope that the pastors know who's here and not here. This is this is an every person responsibility. Well, we'll talk about that more as we, we flesh that out in, in, in coming weeks. But it is amazing that the author of Hebrews actually is, is specifically calling out people, church members, you could say, for their church attendance. And, 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 but we go back to why, right? I covered this in my sermon a couple months ago. Why is he doing this, right? We, see, we would take this, this thing and say, it, there's a command to go to church, you must go to church. And that's true, right? That's true, but that's not the full story, right? Why? Why is this gathering so important to the author of Hebrews? Why should they not neglecting? Neglecting is actually, I believe, a participle that's, that's modifying the command. The main point is not the, that they're neglecting. The main point is that neglecting means that what is not going on? Yes. And what, what, how does he describe it? Verse 24. Yeah. Yeah. If there's, not, if there's a neglecting of assembly, with the neglect, that means there is not stirring up. There is not encouraging, right? That, that, to, to, so he, he's talking about a particular stirring up and encouraging that can only happen when, when, when people are together, 
right? That's, that's, what, that's the implication, that if you're neglecting that that's not happening, that that means that there, there's a way that, that this command, that because of what Christ has done, that we would stir one another up, that we would encourage one another, that, that could only happen when we are not neglecting to be together, when we are, when we are with each other, assembling with one another, right? And, it, and it's, it's interesting that, that the author of Hebrews says there's a particular responsibility to, to that, those one another's that we're committed to. It's not just saying, well, I, I just encourage anyone, and I encourage, every, I encourage people at the grocery store, and I encourage people at the gas station, but, there, but there's a particular responsibility we have to, to one another, not just everybody in general, but I'm going to show that I'm going to encourage everyone in general by actually committing my life to a certain group of people and, and, and encouraging and stirring up them, right? And, and, and it's, it's a, a um, let me see. So it's, it's, it's because uh, it, that's the problem, right? Is that people can say, I, I serve and encourage everyone, but practically, when we, sometimes we say that, we're actually not actually committed to anyone, Right? Because think about what it means to encourage and what it means to stir up. It's easy to do that when you don't actually have to invest, mm. right? It's hard to do that when you have to stir up and encourage someone who, who's having a tough week and it's going to take a lot of your time, right? Or that, 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 that the, the relationship's shaky and you have to work on fixing that relationship. And, and instead of just saying, ah, it's okay, I don't really have to because I'm just going to leave them to God and they're going to go somewhere else. But the, and having real people that you're committed to, yeah. Yes. As, as encouragement, yeah. whether they're ill or whatever. And then speaking with other ladies, like a Bible study or whatever, and, and finding out that their heart goes out to certain ones too, and they're yeah. sending. You know, it's neat to yeah. see you're not the only one. Yes. But it, it's good that God is encouraging us yeah. to encourage those who are yeah. under illness or. Yeah. It, it is amazing that there are people that are, have particularly giftedness, and I, I, we don't want to neglect that, a gift of encouragement, a gift in these ways, but yet there's nothing mentioned here as far as pastors and elders and teachers, not that, that we're not to do this, but this is an every member ministry, that we are all called to, to, to be in these relationships and, and, and be committed to one another, that, that we're living, this is what we live out, and so... Yes. 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 They're seeing the need in somebody else, then I'm not. Yes. They're not in my bubble. Yeah. Yeah. And and they're reaching over here, whereas it's really cool and it encouraged me to see that others are doing that. Yeah. 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 It's it's almost like we are a body. Right, and that's what that's what, what how Paul would describe it, right? And, and then there's different organs with different functions, and and but the aspect is is that the the the, the goal is that every member is 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 experiencing that that one another ministry, and so yeah, yeah. That's why, um, you know, and, and even as elders, we, we transitioned um, in looking and, and thinking through health, and you know, some churches are saying, okay, well, everyone. Um, the, the mark of, of, of kind of spiritual health in these one another's is, is everyone goes to Sunday school or everyone, you know, there's some churches saying, if you're a member of this church, you have to be plugged into a Bible study or there's other churches saying everyone has to be in a discipleship relationship. And, and, and it's actually, all those things are, are kind of modern, pragmatic programs that are trying to live out these sort of commands. And so we've grouped them in what we call um, one another ministry. It, it, are, are, so when we, we look at, 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 at how our people are doing in the church, we ask the questions. And, and if you're a member of this church, you get the phone call, so you're probably familiar with the questions of, you know, how, 
what other Christians are you involved in life in? And that might look different, right? There's some people that might be really involved in the Thursday Women's Bible Study. And there's some that might be really involved in, in discipleship. And there's, and there's some different, but the, the question is, is, are you sharing your life with, with engaging with other people, right? Or, or making phone calls, right? There, there's, different, there's, there's different types of, of relationships, that, that, but is that there? Um, in the same way, then also in, the, in serving, which we'll, we'll get to in, in the next passage, but yeah, yeah. Um, but Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 tells us that what it's like to live in the light of the work of Christ. That, that does, does, do you understand what Christ has done? Does that mean anything to you? And if it does, here's what, what, how you live. But you can't do that without this sort of covenant commitment with the local church. To rightly live out this impact of Christ in our lives, we need other Christians. And not just any other Christians, but a particular group of Christians we have a covenant relationship with in the local church. That we're committed, that we're going to assemble with them. That's what the church is, right? Is the, is the assembly. And we're going to commit to encouraging them and stir them up towards love and good deeds. I need you to stir me up and you need me to stir you up. That, that, that's the way that, that's what Hebrews is saying. We need each other and that's one of the purposes of the assembly. Um, in, in the words of Paul, again, the body language, none of us can say, I have no need of you. None of us. None of us can say, I have no need of you in my in my, in my, in my development as in my Christian walk. And so, um, and so, and, and so I, this is under the rubric, as I said, of church membership, because this is what it looks like as we are members of one another, right? As we're committed to one another in this covenant relationship. But it's not just about being, going through the membership class. It's not just about being on an Excel sheet. It's about living out these truths that we are committed to one another as we assemble together. Right? As we are committed to one another, as we encourage one another. That if, we, if you come to church, but you're not encouraging, then you're missing out part of what that assembly is meant to do. Right? As we encourage one another, as we minister one another, as we're in relationship with one another. Is, is Paul Tripp, um, I love the subtitle of one of his books. He says that we are people who are in need of change, helping others in need of change. I just love that, that, that title. I just, he's brilliant, right? But that's it, right? As we... I'm a person in need of change, so, so I need you to help stir me up. And I'm, I'm in relationship with you because you're a person in need of change, so I'm helping you to stir you up. That, that's, that's what Hebrews is describing, that we have need of one another in that way. Pastor, yeah. uh, another thing <laughs> you were talking uh, that jumped up in front of me was family. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we are, as a family, committed to each other yeah. at a whole other level yeah. as compared to being part of the... Uh, you know, some kind of a uh, organization or yeah. Republican or yeah. whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 that there's a relate, and that's why I like that term, covenant commitment. Covenant in the Bible is the term of relationship, right? God, God's relationship with us, but not just any like happenstance relationship, but a, 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 a real relationship of a common understanding of that, that, that committed relationship to one another. And so, um, and I think that that's why historically churches have used that term because there's, there's a real relationship and, and, and the Bible even compares it to families. So that's one of the images that the Bible uses for that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, let's, let's keep looking though. Let's, let, let's look at, uh, yeah, let's keep going. Let's look at one more. So it's not just, this next one kind of fits with that in a different, different idea, but as we need one another, it's not just that we need one another for our, our growth and maturity as far as being stirred up, but we also need one another because of the maturity that comes through the multitude of giftedness in the local church. And, and, and it's, just, it's just interesting to think through. As we, as we talk about what, what, the, what is commonly called spiritual gifts, um, we, we talked a lot about in our, our previous church on the Holy Spirit, 
and we, I think I mentioned during that, there is a real close connection between spiritual gifts and the local church. Spiritual gifts are not an individual thing. It's not just about me as an individual. It's not just about me in, in, in kind of in limbo land, but those are specifically connected to how I'm using that for people, for my brothers and sisters in the local church. I mean, just for, for a second, look at the spiritual terminology. Look at the diverse terminology about spiritual gifts. Tom Schreiner, in, in his excellent uh, theology book, points out how Paul uses the, these eight different terms to, uh, when, when he speaks about uh, in these terms of, of, of gift, uh, spiritual, what we call spiritual gifts. So uh, sometimes he calls them spiritual things. Uh, sometimes he calls them different spirits. Sometimes he ca- talks about manifestations of the spirit. Sometimes he uses the words gifts. Sometimes he uses gift. Uh, diff- and then he uses a different Greek word for gifts as well. So two different Greek words for gifts. Uh, uses uh, the term ministries and uses the terms results or effects. All these are the terminology that Paul uses, the, 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 the wide variety of terminology in trying to describe what, what we call spiritual gifts. And, and the various terminology is very helpful when we think about that. It's very helpful for us. And, and I love how, how Tom Schreiner, I can't, I can't say this any better. So I just quoted him in your, in your notes there. So he says this, the words charisma, charis, and dama, which are gifts, right? Emphasize the gracious character of the gifts. They are gifts given by God for the good of his people. The words, uh, uh, I, I could probably just pronounce it better if I saw the Greek, uh, pnuna, uh, pneumatikas and pneuma, and the phrase uh, phanerosis to uh, pneumatas, distru- uh, stress that these gifts are the result of the Spirit's work. In this sense, all the gifts are spiritual endowments of God. Diakonai uh, features the service character of the gifts. These gifts are given to help others in the faith, while, while enigmata in, indicates that concrete results are seen in everyday life because of the gifts. So, so notice kind of how these, these, terminolo- these different things of terminology, it's almost twofold focus. There's a twofold focus when we think about how Paul's mind uses these terms. One is that there's a divine aspect to these, right? There's a divine aspect that these are, these are workings from God through God's p- spirit to bring about concrete results that, are, that he empowers for, right? These, there's a divine aspect of these. But there's a second aspect, right? That it's, it's a divine empowerment for, well, that's the question, right? As we think about those terms, for who? They're gifts for who? Are they gifts for me in the sense of God has given these sort of this gifting language for my benefit? Right. That's right. So, so in, in that, those terms over and over and over and over and over, those other terms are all talking about their gifts working through me, but for the benefit of others for God's church. God's spiritual gifts are given because the church needs help to grow in faith. These are needed in the church. And, and, and so, and, and we get that help through the giftedness of others. And, and not just, well, I just, there's random people out there and I hope that I find the right people with the giftedness I need. No, that, that we're brought in the church in a body with different Gifts, right? That's we in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he talks about gifts and he talks about body. That we are a body with different functions, different gifts that we, we exercise in covenant relationship with one another because we need I, need, I need you to minister with your gift for me to grow in maturity. 
You need me to minister in my gifts for you to grow in maturity. Without that ministering of each other's gifts, we cannot grow to full maturity as God intends. That's, that's how the rest of the New Testament speaks about this. Look over at, 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 at uh, Ephesians chapter 4. As Ephesians chapter four, as we as, again, as we look at these, what were commonly called spiritual gifts, but it's interesting here is that Paul's focus is not on on as as that language in Romans twelve and Ephesians twelve. It's a different language. It's a different language here. Where well, actually, let me read it. Verses eleven through through thirteen. Notice what exactly are the gifts that are being described? And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds. Uh, the shepherd and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. So before we get to the, the second part and what's purpose is for, as Paul talked about earlier, and, and, and if, you, if, if you back up, this, this idea of gift, but what are these gifts? When you start actually describing the gifts, it's very different than Corinthians. It's very different than Romans. It's not, he gave, he gave some the gift of hospitality. He gave some the gift of giving. What are the gifts right there in verse, verse 11? Well, it's, 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 it's not just the teaching, but the what? Teacher. You see, you see the difference between the teaching and the teacher? And, and so as we look here is that it's actually people. People are God's gift. Now, it's people who are gifted by, you know, in a way, but it's actually people who are the gift. Right, and so as you think about that, and, and, and as you back up, and we covered this in our, you know, the Holy Spirit, that this is this is this is God's Jesus sign of His victory. This is how God cho- cho- Jesus chooses to build His church. But but if you think about, it, you are in 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 your particular way with what God has, has empowered you into ministry. You are a gift to His church. You are a love gift to His people. That that that, that God has has gifted Oakhurst EV Free Church for as long as, as, as God would, would choose, Bob McMichael. And, and, and Bob is in, in his giftedness is, a, is God's gift to his church because we could not grow to spiritual maturity without Bob's ministry. That, that's the way that this, this is being described. It's not just an a informal um, ability, but it's, it's, it's people who are exercising those abilities for what purpose? As you look in verse 12, right? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. That God's gift, God gifts gifted people, that's, that's a mouthful, right? To his church and the purpose is edification, right? The purpose is edification for building up the body in spiritual maturity. And so that's the idea is that I, again, if you take the, if you take the implications of this verse, it's saying I cannot, verse 12, um, I cannot be equipped for the work of the ministry. I cannot be built up. I cannot attain to, verse 13, the, the full maturity to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ without the gifts of others. That, that's, the, that's the other side of that, right? Is that without uh, uh, this covenant relationship with other people, without living our lives with that, I can't be mature fully. We need each other. We need each other as, in, in, in the service that one another gives in the exercise of their, their particular giftedness. Um, same thing in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, flip back to, to 1 Corinthians 12. So what you're saying, Craig, is, is not the other's gifts, but the gift that is the other person. Yeah, well, I would say that, that it's, 
That, that's what Paul's language in Ephesians, right? So in, Rome, in Romans and 1 Corinthians, he, he focuses on the particular ability, but, but Ephesians, he kind of gives a different picture in saying that it's not just that you have that ability, but you, using that ability, are God's gift to his people. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so it's, it's not just that, that we need a teacher, but that God gifts certain people with that teaching. So we need, we, we need each other. We need each other as we exercise and serve one another with what God has empowered us to do. Um, and, and, and just, again, you see a similar theme in 1 Corinthians. So look at 1 Corinthians 12, verse 7. Verse 7 says, To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. So there's another, uh, again, as we looked at Shriner's, um, you know, Shriner's vocabulary, this multitude of vocabularies. It's another vocabulary used. Um, uh, manifestation of the Spirit for what purpose? The Spirit works in a manifest particular way in each person for what purpose? the common good, right? It's not for me. It's not for my narcissistic purpose. It's not for me, what I can get out of this. It's for, because, because others in the church need what God has gifted me. And, and, and I need what other people have been, been empowered by God to do. Again, then you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about love. 1 Corinthians 14 gets into the, the ta- that chapter about prophecy and tongues, right? There's this long discussion on tongues and prophecy. But as you look through that chapter, we're not going to spend, spend all the time to do it right now. But if you read through the chapter, the, the, Paul's focus is prophecy is preferable because it does what? It edifies. The purpose of gifts are to edify. That's, that's what Paul is saying. I mean, look down at 14.12 as the example. So with yourself, strive, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. That's the purpose. You, you, you want to see the Spirit work in your life? You want to see gifts? That, that, that our, our goal is that we would edify one another. The, the, the illustration I always used to use, I still use sometimes in the membership class, is the idea you know, of, 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 of the function of, of the things that we have. I mean, imagine that Craig Campbell borrowed my weed eater, right? And I go back to get it back and, and Craig's using it to, to cut Tony's hair. I'm like, that, Craig, that's not what it's meant for, right? I mean, I'm sure it could theoretically, right? But there's some, there's, it's just not what it's meant to do. <laughs> Maybe I should say Tony's using it for Craig to cut, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, but it, it's, what is the purpose that is, it was made for? And the same thing for the spiritual gifts, right? What is the purpose that, 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 that these are made for? They're made to edify the church. They're made to be a blessing for God's people. And, and they're made, and we are brought together as the church because we need one another. In that. I do not have all the, I mean, if you think about it, I do not have all the gifts I need to be mature in Christ. I mean, that, that's the implication from this, right? The implication is that I do not have, you do not have everything that you need. And that, that is so counter to kind of the, the idea of what a Christian life is today, right? Is that I have everything I need. Yes, God has provided that to you, but not just you by yourself. God has provided that for you as you are living out in covenant relationship with, um, with God's people in the local church, that we need those who have that gift of mercy. Yeah. Oftentimes we try to figure out what's my spiritual gift, what's my spiritual gift. Mm-hmm. And instead what we need to do is look out and say, what do others need? Yeah. How can I serve others? Look out to their needs yeah. and try to meet their needs. Yeah. You know, in, 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 in that particular question, yeah, when we looked back, at, when we were doing a, you know, the Spirit, I said that when it comes to discovering gifts, that, that's the focus. The focus is not, 
you know, figure out your gift and then go serve people. It's you're going to see your gift as you serve people. He gives different examples of what that might be. But actually, as you look at, as we look through the gifts, and I didn't discover this until we started working through it, every single, if, if, you, if you have an understanding that there's certain gifts that are, are um, um, not, not uh, that the, the, the Holy Spirit is not empowering people with today, if you look at every other gift, that that's actually either commanded or exemplified for every believer. Every believer is supposed to encourage one another. Every believer is supposed to teach one another. Teach one another. Every believer is supposed to, to, to show hospitality to one another. Every believer is supposed to, to give. Every believer is supposed to serve. And, and so we're supposed to be doing those things anyways. And as we're loving one another and serving one another and ministering that God has called us to do, we're going to find certain areas of particular giftedness, of particular empowerment, of particular, uh, you know, again, Paul's uh, aspects of, of results, right, of seeing there. And that, that we want to then especially exercise those. And Paul's saying, yeah, exercise those. But it's not introspective. It's, it's, it's a, the focus is, is on, on other people. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so then, so, so, so the one first aspect of, of discovering, and then the second aspect of using and, and keeping that mind of if I don't serve with what, what God has called me to do, I am, I, am, I am denying God's people Christ's gift. I mean, that's, that's again, I, I am, I am refoc- I'm re- reworking Paul's language, but that's the implication of his language, is that, that as you, if you do not use what God's given you, you're actually denying God's gift to his people. Christ, that, that is a sign of Christ's victory in his ascension, you know, er, early in Ephesians. And in the same way is that I, and back to in the first Corinthians 12, you know, that body language, I need, I cannot grow to maturity without others' gifts. I cannot grow to maturity without others teaching, without others showing me the gift of mercy or service or discernment, that that is not possible, that, that none of us can do that outside of, of, of that relationship. And not just relationship of, I've got a bunch of friends and I, I hope that, you know, that, that just I have the right friends, I have the right gifts. No, we, we look in, in this terms of God has gifted his people, right? The assembly of his people, that, that God has given Oakhurst EV Free Church what the church needs to grow into maturity. And, and, and that's why we, we, um, we need that, that the local church in that way, is that I've committed to you and you've committed to me that we would use what God has gifted us, that, that, that we would grow each other maturity. Yeah. It seems like such a humbling privilege, but also a big responsibility yeah. for the yeah. individual. But then I was thinking more about it, and it's not, you know, like when we think about like the body language, like the, you know, the hand cannot say to the foot, Like what benefit can I bring to the body? But it's it's really not about us. It's about what what Christ has called us to do, serving Him. Yeah, really is even more humbling than I first realized because it's like it's it's not about us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In in a way, what you're saying, and I I completely agree, because it's not about what I think I can make an impact. Right? It's it's a God has given me and, 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 and the, the, the abilities and, and the gifts that he's given me to be able to be a blessing in his church and what God can do through that. That's why, you know, that language of, of that, um, um, you know, that, that manifestations, that the, the spirit manifests itself, 
himself through, through my service to, to the body that, that brings his ministries and his results and his effects. Yeah, it's not about who am I. It's, yeah. It's all about who Christ is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so, so again, it's just a similar theme we said for, the, for the, the, the Hebrews verse, right? To grow to maturity in Christ, we need other Christians. And not just any other Christians, but a particular group of Christians we have a covenant relationship with in the local church where we use what God has gifted us for the common good of equipping the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, that, that we need each other in those ways. Um, and, so, and, and so, and that's, again, that's, so that's why as elders, we, we, we look and, 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 and um, say, how, how do we shepherd the church? How have we wanted to, sh- when we were looking at how do we shepherd and how do we um, encourage spiritual health? How do we, we, we kind of take a temperature on spiritual health of where the body is? And, and that's why the, that we think that those, those questions that as we call the church membership through, you know, uh, we usually get through about one and a half of the times for the membership role a year is, is it comes down to, I mean, we, we, we pray, we pray for the church and we op- have, you know, communication with the church, but also those, those, those focuses. We don't just come up with those ideas of, of where, you know, where are you in, engaged in, in real body life, right? With, with other believers, with one another relationships, and where are you serving? Because those are the two things that, that as we talk about, what does it mean to be a church member? That, that, that's, what, that's what biblically is being described. What does it mean to live our life together? That's what's biblically described. And what do we need to really, to be able to reach maturity? It's that we need to have those, those one another relationships. We need to, we need to be serving, with one, serving one another. That that's, that's, what's, that's what we, that we all need to grow to the maturity as a church. And so... Yeah, I, I would say I would say it, it does not um, preclude other relationships, in the sense of I, I would say um, um, that, that whether it's Greg Kilgore, whether it's you know um, in, 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 in some of those terms, whether you know what Elias has with someone like Nick Teasley, you know I, I don't think it precludes those, but I, I would say that. Um, the, the, the focus is, if, if Greg, um, let me see, if, 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 if Greg tomorrow just, um, you know, if, if something changed dramatically in that relationship, that, that it's, it's a little bit more loose, right? We have a, a relationship to one another because we want to be friends with one another, right? Now, let's say that, that things change and we just said, ah, we're just not going to be as close friends anymore. That, that there's not an actual commitment we've made to one another. There's not actual that, that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna stick through these things through 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 thick and thin together, right? And and because and the fact also that we're we don't have to get together, right? That that in, in that, that aspect is that we may we may get together, but it also could be a thing of maybe it goes through a period where we don't we don't get together for six months, right? Um, that that we're not actually it, it, that that commitment is purely based on on commonalities on um, on on feelings of friendship on, on some of those aspects, right? Whereas um, there's an aspect of if, 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 if Ron, back to Ron and I, if, 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 oh yeah, I just, yeah, Ron's been gone for like six months and oh, I guess maybe hopefully he'll come back someday, <laughs> right? But there, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a different commitment there, right? That there's an aspect where I, I need him and he needs me and we're, we're meant to, to, to assemble together. And, and there may be times where Ron and I don't see eye to eye on things, and, and at the same point, it's, it's not to be able to say, well, well we don't see eye to eye and so I'm gonna get my, you know, I'll, I'll have a relationship with other people. 
is that we, we make commitment together in the church, and so we're supposed to we're meant to 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 uh, preserve that unity and the bond of peace with it within the church, and so I, and and to be committed to one another in, in, in the, that family language. So I, I see it doesn't preclude other relationships. It's not that, that there's not that God doesn't work through other relationships, but I but I, I think that 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 having other relationships does not replace what God is meant to, to, to exist in the local church. I don't know if that helps. I don't necessarily agree with that. Okay. Because I see that as, I, I, I just, I feel like that's the church universal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. feel like that is, that is what brings the local bodies together in a bigger unit. Yeah. Instead of just, because I just, I just didn't like the word you put can't. We can't do this without a covenant country local church. Yeah. Because I feel like that can happen in other places. I feel covenantly committed to several people in my life mm-hmm. outside of this local body. Mm-hmm. That if if they, I stir them, they stir me mm-hmm. in those situations. They do exactly what this local body has done, but mm-hmm. I feel like, I see, like, when you say you don't feel covenantly committed to Craig, that surprises me a little bit, because mm-hmm. to Brian, to, we, we feel covenantly committed to Brian. Mm-hmm. I pray for his son more than I pray for anybody in this church. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm committed to that till death do us part, or whatever, yeah. and I, you know what I'm saying? So I think that there's, maybe that's what binds... I don't know, but that church universal, and sometimes I feel more committed to pray for the church in China mm-hmm. than I do for this church. Not that I don't pray for mm-hmm. this church, but I'm stirred up more by what they do and how they act and how they live out their faith. Yeah, and, but I guess what I'm saying is that with, with, but without a regular assembly, I mean, back, back, back in Hebrews, right, we, that the particular type of stirring up in Hebrews talks about a regular assembly. Right, that, that there's actually a regular assembly that can be neglected. That there's that that commitment to that we are regularly assembling together, and and and, and I, I can't do that with the church in China, right? I can't do that with an invisible group, and and and, and so um, not that I'm not stirred up, and not that I'm not stirred up by Greg, not that I'm not stirred up by John MacArthur, or John Piper. Um, I am stirred up, and I am stirred up, but but the particular type of stirring up that 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 Paul is talking about is, is that regular doing life together which, which within the context which in, in the local church. And, and to the point of, and then beyond that, I think that, I think that there's some overlap there, but then when you start looking at what we're going to look at, I think either next week or the next, uh, week after, um, I, I biblically cannot do Matthew 18 with Greg. I can't. That there, there is no, there is no, I can't do uh, 1 Corinthians 5 with Greg. A, a, and so there's an aspect of I may love him. I, I, if, if he goes into sin, and I'll confront him. But I actually can't do what the church is meant to do. There, there are limitations. There are limitations that, that, that God's place, and and not that, 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 that these other relationships don't impact each other. It's not that we wouldn't use our gifts for for, for other people. But but that that um, but I, I would say that 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 that, their pri- that the primary way that God is, is causes a function is in people that we are in, in regular relationship with, with regular assembly. Is that, that helps, yeah. I understand yeah. the importance of that. I'm not yeah. saying it's not important, but I don't think that it's necessarily exclusively just that. Yeah. That's all I, I But So I guess my, I yeah. I guess my can't language, I would say that if, it's, it's a reaction against people who would say, I don't need the virtual church. I don't actually need to repeat people because I have the universal body. And I would say that, that that actually subverts what he's saying here, which I think is a different argument. What you're saying is saying that I, I have, am committed to a group of people and plus. Right. 
And I think that that's, I think that's a different argument. And I would say, um, but, I w- but, but I guess the, the can't is a saying, is I'm not saying that you can't, it can't exist other ways, but if, that's all, if you don't have this at all, I think that you can't experience that, that what, God, that what God has here. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and I don't want to take the other end of saying, yeah, I don't want to deny that, that beyond, uh, that in, in the, the, the effects beyond, and even the fact of, of how does that look and play between, the, the, you know, you look at even within the Acts church, right, that there's, there's a focus on local church, but there's an interconnectedness between local, local churches. There, there's other missionary endeavors beyond local churches. There's other things going on that you see that are, that are used, and yet it, it functions on the base level of, of local church and then building from that base level. And so um, that to, to, to plus, to, to interconnectedness and relationships, to, to missions, endeavors, to, to everything else. It builds from that instead of saying, we're going to have this other without that, that first foundation of what yeah, is there. So, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd hate to put I'd hate to put structure on that that the scripture doesn't put. You know, I think there's wisdom, right? I think that there's wisdom and there's wisdom involved. There's probably a lot of other factors you have to consider. I'd say that if there's if there, if there's a neglect, you know, back to Hebrews language, if there's a neglect of assembly, if there's a neglect of stirring up, if there's a neglect of encouraging, then I pr- probably said that needs to be reevaluated. That that's the term. I think that's the terms that that, that the scripture would put. Right? Is there a neglect? Is this happening? To what level and to what priority, I, I guess I'd be careful to, to, to put benchmarks maybe that the scripture doesn't put on there. And so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so. Oh, we got to go. Let me pray. <laughs> Father, we just thank you. And thank you as we, we wrestle through these, these truths. And, and we just thank you, Lord, that as you've uh, given us your word to, to think through and to wrestle through and to talk through. And just, Father, we just pray that, uh, Lord, as we uh, would gather and worship and we, we would assemble now, we would assemble as the assembly of your church, that we would, uh, we would look for how we, we do encourage one another, how we do stir one another up. And we do uh, lift these things up in, in your name. In Jesus' name. Amen.